Maine High School winter sports. Go to mbr.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. mbr.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard mbr.org. Beelis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network. We bring in now the Emmy Award-winning John Alba. <laughs> the Emmy Award. That's that, that is that is how you have to. That's how you have to announce yourself, though, right? In, I mean, that's that's how it goes. Parts of the state, yes. Yeah. In, in, in others, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain places you can get away with that, and certain places you can't. Certain places. Other places, it is most definitely not. How was uh, how was the Limitless event down in Westbrook? It looks like everybody had a pretty good time on on uh, March thirty first. Such a freaking fantastic show, man! I'll tell you, and I don't say this biasly because I do work for Limitless, uh, but that was really such an incredible pro wrestling event with so much talent from all over the world and people who were showcased highly this past weekend in New Orleans on these big major shows. I mean, seeing a guy like Brody King work in person for the first time, man, I was mystified. And Brian Cage is just such a beast, and it was amazing. The main event was outstanding, and yeah, you know, I'm, things didn't turn out too well for me, but you live and you learn. Yeah, that's okay. It's good that it, it's good that your neck brace is off. I'm, I'm glad that's all. I'm glad that's yeah, all working out yeah, for you. It uh, it hurt quite a bit, quite a bit. Uh, I, I end up getting myself in these precarious situations. <laughs> I'm shocked that this happens. You know, I, I, you know, John, I, I tell people all the time, um, in fact, it was, it was funny, we were watching WrestleMania the other night, and I was watching it with my kids, and uh, I see AJ Styles, and of course he's main eventing against Shinsuke Nakamura, and you know, it was just three years ago that AJ Styles was, was hanging out at an independent show up at the Cross Insurance Center in Bangor. You know, and he was the draw, and it's like you know, now three years later, four years later, he's he's main eventing at WrestleMania. Like when you go out with these independent shows, you never quite know who you might see there, who might be there, and uh, it's a great way to to get up close and personal with these guys that you might not be able to do if they're with a bigger promotion, bigger organization. Yeah, it's outstanding. And last night they put tickets on sale for their May 11th event in Portland, and front row and VIP sold out in two and a half minutes. So uh, independent wrestling is thriving right now in New England, and that's good for the entire industry. So that's a really good thing. I like to think so, too. Speaking of really good... Well, I mean, let's let's talk about some really good things here. Um, first thing, I watched, uh, I watched the NXT event on Saturday night, and that mm-hmm. was probably the best pay-per-view wrestling show i have seen in in years i had no i had no real like build-up i knew who all the guys were but not like in in girls were like but i didn't know any of the backstories or anything leading up to it so i just watched it cold and i was enthralled by every single thing why why is nxt just seem to be so much more like polished well put together and kind of making sense a little bit more than some of the stuff they do at, at the at the main level well some of it has to do with overexposure of product you know keep in mind main roster is exposed to five hours of television a week whereas nxt is one hour of television a week and it's pre-taped so 
you can protect people more and keep them off of TV and not overexpose someone and, and not not make an audience grow tired of a character or, or book yourself into a corner with something when you can minimize how much exposure you can maximize it when it's on the biggest stage and that's what NXT consistently does I thought the NXT TakeOver show on Saturday was one of the greatest wrestling pay-per-views I've ever seen and I'm not saying something because like you I'm sure seen a lot of wrestling pay-per-views over time (laughs) Couple here and there, yeah. I've, I've been to. I was at the NXT Takeover in Brooklyn, the first one where Bailey and Sasha had what I consider to be the greatest women's match in wrestling history. Uh, and and this was saying something because this ladder match that opened that show was probably the best multi-man ladder match in WWE history. And the main event with the back, and I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it without the backstory, but in context, the backstory of. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano is just outstanding. It's the best feud in wrestling, and uh, next, probably next to the stuff that Kenny Omega's got going on. But they told such an amazing story for what I thought was one of the best main events in WWE history, NXT or WWE. It was that good, and everyone showed up. The w- the NXT Championship match was great between Aleister Black and Cian Andrade Almas, who I totally expect to be coming up on tonight's SmackDown or next week's Superstar Shakeup. One of the two. And, uh, yeah, man, I no complaints. I thought this this event was incredible. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I like I said, when I when I say I didn't know the, the backstory, like I didn't watch it every week like I like I would right. a Raw leading up in, but they do a great job of those video vignettes at the beginning of each match so you kind of know the backstory going in. But I felt like I knew the, the stakes that were at hand and, you know, when, when Champa took off the knee brace and was like, oh, come on, you're going to hurt a guy when he's down. You know, I'm like, come on, man, don't fall for that. Like, that's the oldest. When they go with the oldest heel stuff in the book, that just makes me feel good. You know, it well, makes me feel H, like, man. you know. That's Triple H. You know, that's old school stuff right there. And uh, there's, I mean, that stuff harkens back, I mean, to Harley Race era stuff, you know, it's old school it's easy to do and people are going to get invested no matter what so it was amazing and johnny gargano is just such an incredible generic or genuine rather baby face and i loved it i I thought the show was excellent talking with john alba we're talking uh, pro wrestling of course you know john from wvii and fox abc news you can follow him on twitter john alba uh Best match of the night for your for your uh, would you say on the WrestleMania card? Which one was the? What would you rank number one? Um, I guess it goes by criteria. You know what what you're looking for in terms of technical terms. I'd probably say it was Charlotte and Oscar. Yes. Uh, in terms of interest, I think undoubtedly the Ronda Rousey match, and I thought Ronda Rousey had. One of the top two greatest debuts in the history of pro wrestling on Sunday. You know, her and probably D'Angelo Williams for what he did in Impact last year at Bound for Glory, which was just insane on like three days prep uh, to do what he did. But Ronda had a much bigger stage, obviously, and much more pressure. And I thought she was amazing. And the story they told was excellent. And, you know, could I have gotten away with Stephanie McMahon reversing arm bars? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it was just so much fun to watch. And 
the crowd ate it up more than anything else on that show. And as it showed on Monday Night Raw last night, Ronda Rousey's the biggest star in wrestling right now. So worked out. I would say I would say it did. I really, I really like the Styles Nakamura match, and I liked it. I think more so not just for the match that they told. I thought they told a good story, but at the end of it, when Nakamura went with a low blow. I'm like, ah, that gives this guy a little bit of an edge. I thought that was fantastic. To me, yeah. that would have been a great way to end that show instead of the way they did it. Yeah, well, it was it was a good it was a good match, you know. And they built it. The whole feud was built around it being an amazing match. And was it an amazing match? No, it was a very good match. Though the crowd certainly was exhausted at that point when it hit. Uh, but now we know a little why it wasn't maybe the greatest match in history because. They're going to do a lot more of them, and then there's going to be this story that they're going to tell. And it's always hard to do a baby face and a baby face going at it on WrestleMania and in any big show. It's hard to do baby face versus baby face. But now that you have the heel and, and Shinsuke Nakamura, if you're familiar with any of his New Japan work from when he was a heel, just absolutely outstanding, and, and his charisma shines through. And I suspect it will here, too. And I think he and AJ, when they go into Backlash in Jersey, or if they do the match at the Greatest Royal Rumble, whenever they do it, it's just going to be outstanding. What uh, were you surprised that uh, that Lesnar won? Were you surprised that he went with the short term uh, the the short term deal? Like, how much longer do you think he's around holding this title? Because I really thought this was you know this was they were going to let Roman take the brass ring and they didn't do it. I think for sure he's dropping that title at the Greatest Royal Rumble at the end of the month in Saudi Arabia. I think. They wanted a more favorable reaction, and that's what they're going to try to go for inside the cage on April 27th. This new contract stuff is really interesting because right now on the short-term deal, he can go fight for UFC if UFC calls him and he wants to do it. Uh, we don't really know the full terms of the contract. It's not a three-year deal like the last time he signed. Uh, so we're probably going to be left in this situation all over again when all said and done. Uh, how much flexibility does he have? We don't know. The one thing that really bothered me about the main event of WrestleMania, the the story told all year was one F5 can beat anybody. Uh, it happened with Strowman. It happened with Samoa Joe. So Roman Reigns kicking out of the F5 is supposed to be a big deal. No one reacts. So if you go to the extent having him kick out of five F5s, and the F5 is this prolific finisher that for the past 15 16 years has been protected, and then the guy kicks out of five of them? How can Brock Lesnar ever do the F5 again and have it mean something? I don't know. I don't get I You know what? You're 100% right. And, well, and I, I, I feel like... <sighs> I almost feel like WrestleMania overdoes itself with all the false finishes. And Jim Ross has talked about this a lot with, um, especially in Undertaker matches, because they're always so close to the Undertaker matches and they always kick out of the finisher in the Undertaker match. So I feel like they've, they've constantly been trying to top that ever since, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, Michael's, uh, Michael's Undertaker, ever since that, uh, that trilogy or, or that, uh, that back-to-back meeting that, uh, I think that's something that they've, they've suffered with. Speaking of the Undertaker, um, thought it was a real odd build for this match. They really didn't announce the match per se. I mean, everybody assumed that The Undertaker and Cena would, would face off. They did create some fantastic gifts of, uh, of, <laughs> of uh, 
Cena running to the back, you know, I think that was fantastic. You know, there's donuts and catering, for example, running back up the ramp. So that was good. So there was some good social media stuff out of this. Do you think this leads to a retirement net match next year between the two? Do you think this is going to slow up the build or, or do a slow build for that? Because to me, you know, you're not just going to have Undertaker come back and squash Cena. Like, and that was, it was a squash match, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it does. It was what it needed to be. I don't think anyone wants to go out there and see a big Undertaker match, but at the same time, I do think people probably, for all these years, wanted to see a real match between John Cena and, and The Undertaker, and it didn't happen. And, you know, it, it really devalues what they did with Undertaker last year, where he got the big send-off, and then he kind of just comes back here, works a two-minute match, and that's that. And, you know, whatever that means for his future, it is what it is. I'm more intrigued right now about what they're doing with Cena because Cena obviously is going to be in and out, taking time off. And he's, this whole story is he can't win a match anymore. He can't win a big match anymore. And I would imagine you have to parlay that into him chasing that 17th world title. So I think it's an intriguing story that might come full circle next year at WrestleMania. I'm more interested in that coming full circle than another Undertaker and John Cena match. Uh, quite frankly, and, and I love The Undertaker, but I don't need to see that guy anymore. I don't need to see him wrestle anymore. He's a shell of himself. He's a shell of himself. And, and that's okay. It's natural. He's going to be 54 years old. You know, he's had two hip replacement surgeries. I don't need to, you, you don't need to put yourself at risk, but I think he has this personal debt where he just feels obligated to be there. And, and kudos to him as a man for feeling that way, but... You know, if you're going to go out there and do what you did this year every year and do what you did last year, is it worth it? Talk about John Alba. Talk about the WrestleMania fallout. Now, Raw last night was kind of bananas. I mean, it seemed like somebody new was getting announced, and then you had Owens and Zayn fight, and neither one of them got a spot on the roster because they couldn't answer the 10 count. You got the superstar shakeup next week. Uh, people are going to be switching brands. Anything you think, uh, any names you're expecting tonight for SmackDown? Because obviously they're going to have their, you know, their post-WrestleMania SmackDown tonight. I'm expecting Andrade Cien Almas for sure. Uh, I feel pretty confident about that. Um, I don't think there's much left for him to do in NXT. But unlike what happened with the Authors of Pain and Paul Ellering last night, where they kicked him to the curb after he was a pretty big part of their act, Almost needs Zelina Vega at his side. He, she adds so much to him, and you saw that in the match at NXT TakeOver. And I hope that she goes with him for sure. Um, I would suspect probably a Peyton Royce, Billy Kay kind of thing go to SmackDown too. Um, and then, you know, maybe... Uh, I was trying to think of some, some mid-card guys you could throw up. You know, maybe you throw Sanity up there as a tag team who have pretty much done everything they can on the, on the NXT roster. Uh, and that could include Nikki Cross, who would be an excellent addition to SmackDown. And then, you know, it's, it's up in the air from there where they want to move pieces about. I would suspect that one of the major babyface women are going to go over to Raw next week, maybe a Naomi or a Becky Lynch. And I would suspect that maybe a Finn Balor goes to SmackDown in turn, you know, something along those lines. Too. Finn Balor doesn't really have a whole lot going for him right now. So I definitely expect him to get moved around a bit and we'll see plus there's the returns you know big cast is out there still looking to return you never know what's going to happen if drew mcintyre is going to go back to nxt or if he's going to come up whatever comes of that 
We are talking with John Alba, John Alba from WVII up in Bangor, Fox ABC News up there, and of course you can follow him on Twitter, John Alba. Did you? Um, what, what do you? What do you think with, with Owens and Zane? Where do they go with this? Like they have them fight each other, then they're best friends. Like I've seen enough of that already. I, I need I need new stuff. Like who do you think is going from one to the other and and everything else? Yeah, I'm stumped, man. I'm, I'm really stumped. I think the best route might be that if they remove Brian from GM powers, which could happen with him returning full-time to the ring, that maybe the new person there brings them in. That's totally plausible in my mind. But I don't really know, to be completely honest. Uh, I assume that it's just going to keep carrying over to them having a chance to fight for spots. And, you know, they probably end up over on Raw when all is said and done, but... I can see it going either way. Are they going to keep stacking raw like like they have been? Like I, I just I feel like there's just too much go- show, man. I mean, yeah, you know that that's just kind of going to be how it is. That's just always going to be how it like for me to watch like old school. Like at this point, like I would probably just be better off watching on on Tuesdays then if I don't want three hours of stuff. It's what it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I I know a lot of people who fast forward through the commercials or watch the Hulu version. You know, the real interesting thing that's going to happen is we're going to see who wins those television rights come this fall. And if it ends up being Fox, you know, Monday Night Raw is going to be prime time on Fox, leading into the Fox 22 News at 10. So I'll, I'll be on air right after <laughs> Monday Night Raw. It'll be a two-hour show from 8 to 10 on prime time. And then SmackDown would go to FS1. So... Maybe that's something that ends up bucking that trend, and, and you see a little more evenness throughout. See, by the way it is with USA right now, Raw's going to be a three-hour show, so you got to have more talent there. You got to stack it. I re- I really like that idea of it leading into to Fox. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to do that, and that leads right into your news. That's great. It's almost like they're building it around you, John Alba. That's what it well, seems I like to me. Well, I am the Emmy Award winning. Yes, John you are. Alba. So. so. <laughs> You know, it, it's a cohesive theme here, Matt. It's, it's easy. It writes itself, quite frankly. Um, I heard something yesterday. There was a conference call uh, with uh, the the dude in charge of uh, of WWE Network. And uh, this is the last question for you, and then I'll let you go because I know you got a, a podcast to go record. Um, uh, the Living the Gimmick podcast, which folks should be uh, downloading from iTunes and where all the all the fun... Today's actually the Limitless Wrestling podcast. Oh! I got like 20 podcasts, so whatever. But you're right, people should be downloading with That's right. as well. They should be. He mentioned something about tiered membership for something. Like, what, what do you think they'd put on the tiers? Like, you'd have one membership that's basic, you'd have one that's... Like, I don't get what that would mean. Like any like what what are you yeah. gonna do? Put the pre- you pay t- two dollars extra so you have access to all the old pay per views like Tuesday night in Texas. Like what are we? No, what no, are we doing? You already have access to Tuesday night in Texas if you want it. But oh yeah, well and that's my point. Like I don't want to lose uh, that. Like I want to let no. give me all my old Saturday nights main event. Give me all my old WCW Saturday nights. I want all of them. Right. No, I I, I think the the current package that you have now would probably stay the same. I think when you talk about tiered programming. WWE has a lot of relationships with programs like Progress and Evolve, uh, different promotions rather, like Progress and Evolve and uh, all that kind of stuff, whereas the network would then serve as a streaming service for them. You know, keep in mind, uh, a company like Evolve had signed that deal with Flow Sports uh, that produced Flow Slam before this, and that just crashed and burned real fast. Uh, So they didn't have a streaming service for their 
progress events and the Revolve events and all that kind of stuff, ICW and the UK and this, all this UK content that they're doing, um, by doing the tier programming, if people want access to that stuff, that's what they're going to be paying for. So WWE is helping produce that content and distribute it on this over-the-top platform that they have. In order to make up for those costs, you're going to have to have people pay more money. And, and that is certainly that is certainly targeting a certain niche of very hardcore pro wrestling fans and independent fans and U.K. fans, and that's who they're going after. So the casual fans that want the normal WWE stuff for $9.99 can get that. But if you want all this other content that is outside of the realm of WWE alone, plus some WWE content, I'm sure, then that's where you introduce the new tier program stuff. Okay. That makes me feel a little better then. That's good. Just, just yeah. I, I want to watch Tuesday night in Texas whenever the hell I want. Yeah, yeah. look, that, Thunder's on there now, too. So if you want to torment yourself with that, you can go do that. You can totally do that. That's fine. He's the Emmy Award-winning John Alba. He's a sports director and anchor for Fox ABC Maine. And also the co-host of the Living the Gimmick podcast. He's also got podcasts with Limitless Wrestling, which he's a part of. Uh, follow John on Twitter. Uh, trust me, it's a good idea. And uh, John Alba joins us after all the pay-per-views, and uh, we break things down. So, John, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. And uh, any concern about the Yankees at all before I let you out of here? Uh, pitching, for sure. Okay. You know, they're going to they're gonna produce runs, man, but, you know... Feels like they should have probably pulled that trigger on Garrett Cole right about now. I would, I would say so. I feel like uh, putting Clint Frazier in there might not have been the worst decision since you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't expect John Carlos to hit like that the rest of the year. He I, goes through, he goes through slumps and he'll be But uh, real quick before I go, I want to tell you, go over to the Living the Gimmick Twitter at the LTG Podcast, Matt. Especially you. Last night I put together a video uh, with No Way Jose's debut. I said, man, there's only one thing I could think about. And that's Vince McMahon dancing to stand back to this theme song. <laughs> if, you go over, if you go to at the LCG podcast right now during the commercial break, you can go watch Vince McMahon dance to Jose. No way, Jose. You know what? I'm, I'm, I am, I am going to commercial break right now for that. He's in so. right now. And that, my friend, is why you have an Emmy Award. Okay, that's right. That right, thank John. You. John, John, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Take care, man. Thank Bye-bye. you. That's John Alba. We'll have more on the way. It's a B-list daily Spectre Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.